Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you. It's an honor. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. But before we break open the bread of life, let me invite the Holy Spirit in so that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action in our lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze in your love, that we may be vessels of your love in this world. Holy Spirit, grant us the gift of the spiritual eyes to see, and our hearts to respond with love as we continue to walk forward, bringing Christ into this world through his mercy, his compassion, through his love for all. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to help us to see what we're to see in this gospel reading, and then put it into action in our lives. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, if you don't mind, Cameron, give us a little gospel love. It would be my pleasure. And again, we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think it's fascinating as you were reading this. Um, I love the way Jesus taught by asking questions. Too many times we want to give the answer. Oh, I, I know what that is. And I, Stop. In order to affirm a person, I was listening to a minute with Maxwell this morning, and it was all about, if you want to be a good servant leader, ask questions, bring it out of that person, because it's in the asking of the questions, the discovery happens in that person, and then they learn it. Whereas if you just give them the answer, yep. well, it's, it's, it's Dave Abel said this, or this said that, or that said this. So true. But when you draw it out by asking questions, Jesus does that again and again and again. I know as he tries and continues to try to teach me that gift, which is incredible. I put sticky notes on my mirror in my car. Jesus taught by asking questions. On my phone, Jesus taught by asking questions. So for me, this is a great spiritual lesson for all of us. 
Jesus taught by asking questions. Whether you have the answer or not, Jesus has all the answers, and yet he asks the question, why? To draw it out of us. Why? So that we can grow, so that we can discover these truths, so that we can, as Peter did, receive that divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit as the Father reveals it to us, and we go, wow, thank you, Father, for that inspiration. Thank you, Father, for revealing that to me. Yeah. And we can all think of examples, whether it was somebody asking questions of us or us asking questions of somebody else. Oftentimes, it doesn't stop with the first question, right? There's kind of, I think going into this, Jesus wanted to know, who do you say I am? But before he before he just started with that, he started with the question, who do, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So I think that there's different levels to his questions in our hearts. And I, I think oftentimes it'll look like that. Who do people say? What, what do people say that I would do in this situation? And then he wants to speak to us further and say, what have you seen me done Oof. in these situations? Right? It's, yep. it's, it, it takes it away from, from just a... I don't want to say like theology or Bible story or, you know, Sunday school learning, but it takes it to, wow, Lord, actually, I haven't thought about this before, but I could think of five examples where you've done this in my life. Right now, it doesn't look like one of those, although maybe a piece of it does, but you're right. Let's, uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying to me in my heart right now, and I will be obedient to that. Um, I think those are the conversations he wants to have with us. Wow, profound. And I think, you know, as we, I love doing this uh, Lexio Divino and bringing the Bible forward to today, breaking it open spiritually, literally, and in the life of Christ, because as, as the, look at this question, but uh, who do people say that I am? And they say, oh, some say you're a prophet, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah. Well, today, the Muslims believe that Jesus is a great prophet. That's right. You know, many other faiths believe he was a really good teacher. That's right. But Jesus is asking you, and he's asking me, who do you say that I am? And can we all respond? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Because that, that acknowledgement is what takes us deeper into that relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that divine intimacy. And then we share that with others who believe that he's a good teacher, he's a prophet. Uh, let me tell you who I believe he is. Yeah, It's a personal conviction. It's a personal stance. It's a personal truth and a choice. So for me, who do you say that I am? Yeah. And, and in my life, I feel like over time, it's been shaped so much by hearing other people's testimonies. And I think that's also a call to us to... to be willing and able and ready to share our testimonies because I think part of our own perception of answering that question, who do you say I am? I I think within answering that, it doesn't have to just be, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, but it could be testimony after testimony of his goodness, of his greatness. Like, who do you say that I am? You're, you're the one who 
invaded this situation and made something that was going to that was actually impossible to happen to turn out to be possible. You you are the one who brought a miracle into a situation. You are the one who when I started off when I when I started to start my day off with you, things changed. You're you're the one who we invited into our relationship and our relationship changed. I think that is like a history that we are invited in to building with him. It's it's the idea of having a relationship with him um, as to as opposed to just reading about him and learning some of the cool stories and then having that maybe head knowledge of it. I think he wants to say, who do you say that I am? And as we have that interaction with him, I think at the end of that is when he's saying, you know, blessed are you to be able to see that. Wow. And, you know, Peter, I love Peter. He's my man. You know, <laughs> you know, he claims you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is where Jesus is helping each of us right here, right now. And that is this. Peter does not take credit for figuring it out himself. Right. Having that, you know what? I got it. I got it. I guessed it right. I got it. I'm the man. Look at me. I know he's the Christ. I did it. No, no, no. Immediately, Jesus says, it's not flesh and blood. In other words, Peter, you didn't figure it out. Right. It was my heavenly father through the gift of the Holy Spirit that gave you that inspiration, inspiritos. Inspiration, the word comes from inspiritos, means the spirit of God whispered something to you, whispered, whispered that knowledge to you, that wisdom to you. So it's, again, acknowledge the fact when we get these inspirations, we say, thank you, Father. When we get these answers to questions we've been struggling with, we say, thank you, Father. As a little child, we're grateful for all of these. Don't take credit for these things on our own. When we do, we rob and steal from the Lord. He gives us these inspirations. He helps us to grow and to learn. But when we start to take the credit, it's called pride. It's called pride. So Jesus immediately stops him mm -hmm. before he gets another breath and yep. wants to build tents and <laughs> says, it wasn't you. Yeah. It was the Holy Spirit through the gift of the Father. Yeah. I think just speaking to that, like in real terms, there there's so many times throughout the day where the Lord is whispering to our hearts. And when we, I think sometimes our thoughts his thoughts can sound like our own thoughts when it's blended so much with us. When it's, um, I'm trying to think of how to put words to this, but anytime those thoughts come in that, let's just say, are, are the voice of God, you stay with that and you talk with him and you say, Lord, is this you? And oftentimes it would it's probably a thought that just came from, it wasn't a subject you were thinking about at the time. It was, maybe you're thinking about one thing and this passing thought passes by. And I think when we, we talked about it just recently, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, as those thoughts come in and we take them captive, it doesn't take long to see, oh Lord, this is you. This is you. This is, you're taking me on a path here. I was going, you know, 15 degrees to the left and you wanted me 15 degrees to the right. And this makes sense. I, I wouldn't have came up with this on my own. I wouldn't have thought of this. I, I'm not that good to think of, of these things. 
And he deposits those things. One of the cool things about it is his timing is so perfect because we could even know, let's just say he let you in on all 12 steps to the plan <laughs> and said, okay, here's, here's what it looks like. But he's too, he's too good for that. He's too gracious to say, well, I can't tell him step four right now because step three needs to happen, and that's going to take a long period of time. And if he knows what step four is, he's I'm not going to spend. He, he's go, I'm he, going down it. He's he's too gracious I'm to, to the us. End. He's too yeah. But that that's his kindness. That is his. Think of it this way: like we have young kids, and you know, as an adult. I have more experiences or more knowledge than they do. And there's times where they run into a situation. It could be at school, it could be with a friend, it could be with a neighbor. And it's like, I have an idea of how this is going to play out, but you need to walk them through that. And part of walking them through that is they actually learn something where they can then have that experience and they could see further into a picture the next time those things come into their lives. Wow. It's so important. A learning lesson that I had is this. The first thought that I have, and number one, take it captive. Because typically for me, that first thought's not of God. It's a whisper of the enemy. But when you take it captive and you do what Mary did, which is ponder it, then ponder means you take in what's been transmitted by the world into your heart. And with the Father, you allow the Father to transform what's been transmitted into a response of love. So for me, a perfect example Based on everything I had known, there was a decision I was going to make it work with a worker. He was the leader of a category of business for me, and I was going to terminate him. It's what, the, it's what his boss told me. He's got to go. And I'm like, okay, but let me seek counsel. So called up a friend of mine and, and uh, sought counsel. He knew the business. He knew, he knew that category I knew better than me. I didn't know it. And I said, you know what? Could you do me a favor? He lived in Atlanta. I said, could you fly up here and be part of this meeting tomorrow because I don't want to make the wrong choice and I really want your expertise. He calls me back three hours later and said, Dave, I couldn't get a flight, so I'm driving. <laughs> he drove 13 hours. That's a friend. Yeah. To be, got in at 11.30 at night to be part of a meeting to determine whether or not I terminate the top guy in this division because everybody said, yeah, that, that's the right move. He comes up, we go into the meeting. Guess what we did? ask a lot of questions. Guess what happened? At the end of the meeting, my friend who drove 13 hours said, David, you can't let that man go. That man has a wealth of knowledge you can't afford to let him go. He is more than paying for himself. We did a complete 180. Yep. Original thought? Yep. Quick answer? Terminated. Gotta go. Pondered it? Obedience? Sought counsel? Man drove up? Oh my goodness, complete reversal. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Don't make a quick reaction. If you're going to react, it's not of God. I'm going to repeat that. If you're going to react, it's not of God. We're always called to respond with love. Now, love can be tough love. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's respond with love. So for me, huge learning lesson. Huge learning lesson. Yeah, and so... That in and of itself is a learning lesson, but just imagine him coming into the meeting. He he wasn't sure exactly what was going to transpire, but what he knows now is, hey, here's somebody who had a lot of questions. They wanted them answered. 
We walked through. I was able to intelligently and respectfully walk through the answers to these things. He heard me. He heard me. He heard me. And I would say his attitude towards things has probably been shaped by that experience. And not only that, the other people that were in that meeting and got to be a part of, hey, I don't know how this is going to play out, but let's let's get our list of questions together. That team has a a deeper sense of, I don't know, call it trust that, hey, we're just going to go in here. We're going to ask questions. We're going to find out what we need to because that's exactly what happened. So it's not just, there's multi-layers to all of those things. Um, but but I want to I look at the end of this um, reading where, where it says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Um, and I was thinking about this a little earlier. I think we could also say, whatever you bind on earth, I think we could also say, whatever you bind at the workplace, whatever you bind in your home, whatever you bind in your marriage, whatever you bind in your community or friendships shall be bound in heaven. I think we need to take a responsibility to say, what gets to happen on our watch, so to speak. So whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. I think we could say, just just say you're home. Just take that into consideration. One example that comes to mind is my wife and I, we are not perfect, but one of the intentional things that we do in our home is we don't yell. And I know that might not sound revolutionary to some people, but with our upbringing, it, it was revolutionary to have a, a intentional effort to say, we're going to raise our children in a home where there's not yelling in our home. And it doesn't mean we don't have guests over. And listen, we have young kids. Sometimes the volume does get escalated. So there's not um, perfectness in what I'm sharing. But I think that's just a small example to say, no, not on my watch. Our, our kids will not be, that, that's not how they're going to be raised. And you could actually see it in them as they grow up. Our, our oldest now, she is nine and she, she resolves things differently than other kids. But I think it's because she has a history of seeing how we resolve things in our house. Um, yeah, I just want to share that piece of it. At the same time, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's worth taking a moment to think about what are we loosing? What am I loosing into different situations? So without, without making it such this big and grand, whatever you do on earth, it could be whatever you loose in the room that you're in, so to speak. And as we look at this in the, in the, in the sentence you're talking about, you know, Jesus is talking to Peter, Peter in the Catholic world is our first Pope. And on this rock, he's going to build his church, Holy mother church. And so for me, that sentence continues. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you Peter, the Pope, the father of, of the church that I'm going to build on this rock, the rock being Christ. I'm going to give you the keys to bind and keys to loose. And I look at Holy Mother Church over 2,000 years, and she has stood firm, stood firm, 
on contraception, absolutely cannot do, on, on abortion, absolutely cannot do, on all of these things, marriage, one man, one woman, she has stood firm. She has been the, the, the bedrock, the pillar of truth that all can look to to say, what does this church founded on the rock, founded on Peter, what does she have to say? Because she, although there's been many sinners, in fact, most everybody in the Catholic Church, popes, bishops, and all, um, she has stood firm on the biblical truths as God made it from the beginning. So that keys given to Peter passed on through an unbroken line of succession of popes to today has remained true to the word of God. And that for me, because my eternal soul, (laughs) I'm trusting is dependent on this church founded on Peter, built on Christ. The foundation is pure, is holy, though made up of sinners. When I look at her, she is pure. She is holy. She is God's church that he established. And we call her mother church because as we look at Christendom today throughout the world, they all trace their roots back to one mother. The Holy Roman Catholic Church founded on the rock, founded on Peter. With that, I have great confidence and I entrust my salvation of my soul to the church that Christ built so that I don't go astray and have it my way and decide what I believe and decide that I can choose it this way. I'm sorry. That's not the way God built it. That's not the way God instructed it. That's not the way we're to call. And I, and, and I love when Jesus says um, to remain in his love. How do we do that? It's through obedience. Obedience to what? The commandments the word of God, obedience to his word. So don't give lip service. I love you, Lord, but I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. When I shut the bedroom door, I'm God. No, it's obedience to the word of God. So the more we consume the word of God, the more we, as Jesus did, enflesh that word of God in the world, the more people will be attracted to the kingdom of God. And I love also in this is I will build my church, hear this, and the gates of the never world shall not prevail. And I had this thought as, as, as Cameron read this, I'm thinking, you know, so many people are prisoners locked behind Satan's gates to addictions, to so many other things. But you see, those keys given to Peter are also shared with us to be able to unlock those gates, to set the captive's key free, because the key is Christ, to set that captive free from the gates of the netherworld that have them in those prisons of addiction, have them in those prisons of unforgiveness. So ladies and gentlemen, use the key. The key is Christ to invite people out into the light, to be set free, to have the abundant life that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for, for you, for me, and for all of humanity. Wow, it's so good. I'm going, to, I'm going to jump back in here to the last sentence or the last verse here. It says, Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. And I'm not reflecting on having that piece figured out, why he 
why he gave them that instruction, but I do know that when he gives us instruction, he's looking for our obedience. Um, And I'm thinking too, as I mentioned, we have kids. In the same way, when I ask my kids to do something, uh, I'm looking for them to obey. And, And it doesn't mean that they're not welcome to come sit on my lap and say, hey, dad, I don't understand. Why do you want me to do something a certain way. I'm happy to talk with them through those things. I think in the same way, our Heavenly Father, the, the, the living God, He enjoys those interactions where He might give us an instruction and look for obedience, but He's more than happy to talk with us about things. I think we continue to, as, as my kids talk with me, it doesn't mean that I just jump to and reveal the answer to them of, you know, why I'm giving them these instructions. But the more that we interact together, the more likely they are to have an understanding of, okay, this is the right thing to do, or this is, maybe there's more meaning to this or something. And the one example I'll give, and and grace to all the parents out there as school is getting ready to start up for this time of year. Last night, we went over and our kids got to meet our teachers. So we have three kids and, you know, we go to the different classrooms and they get to meet the teachers and put some of the things in their desks so their backpacks are lighter on the first day. And we go to the first one and I was just talking to my daughter and I said, hey, you know, when when that person is done talking with the teacher, go over there say, hi, my name is, and introduce yourself, and then, um, you know, get an idea of what we're going to do while we're here today as the orientation. And it was kind of cool because when we went to the next classroom, I was getting ready to give a similar instruction to the next child, and they just walked right up to their teacher, and they did exactly what they saw their sibling do. Hmm. And I just looked at my wife, I was like, they're watching us. Yep. How about that? And that idea of obedience, it's just, I think we get to live by example. And yeah, it kind of blew us away, something that simple to happen. Beautiful. But who do you say that I am? You know what, ladies and gentlemen, this is important. Ask God to take you on a journey and teach you your faith biblically, the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith biblically. Don't just give answers, well, this is what this is taught, this is what this is taught, this is what this is taught. Jesus is saying, but what do you believe? What do you believe? Ladies and gentlemen, let God take you on that journey as he took me to biblically reveal to you, each of us, the truths and beauty of our Catholic faith, and let's take it to the world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.